You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. Hey, welcome to Trace and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So glad to have each and every one of you with us today. And I really want to say uh, or give a special shout out to our guests. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for accepting the invitation, wherever that invitation came from. Thanks for doing that. We know that walking into a new place, especially a new church for the first time, isn't always easy. And so if you'll allow me to, I do just want to take a moment on behalf of our guests. And I want to give you a glimpse. I'm going to do my best to give you a glimpse into the kind of church that you just walked into. And I think you'll appreciate this. One of the statements that you'll hear us say a lot around Trace is, this is a place where you can stop pretending. You can stop pretending that you have it all together. You can stop pretending that you don't have real doubts, even when it comes to faith. You can stop pretending that there's not real brokenness in your life. One of the things that we know is that so many of us kind of get caught up in this pretense where we feel like we've got to We've got to show something in our lives that really isn't there. And we've got to pretend that we have it all together when most of the time we really don't have it together. And there's a statement that we've kind of stumbled onto in the last couple of years here at this church that I think represents what I'm trying to say really well. It's this right here. Too often in the church, we have, uh, we have focused on our shared beliefs, which is important, when it's actually our shared brokenness that brings people together. And so maybe you find yourself in here today, and very much what I've just said represents you. You're kind of pretending your way through life right now, almost like it's an Instagram post version of your life, just allowing people to see what you want them to see, kind of like this ESPN video that I saw a couple weeks ago, I think represents it well. Watch this. It'll it'll play one more time. It's like when the camera comes on, like you know know the the smile to put on, but afterwards it's like, yeah, life's miserable right there. Listen to me. This is funny but it's no way to live. And if we were honest, so many of us have found ourselves, at least in moments throughout our life, living this way. And so as we approach a new year, if there's anything about what God allows you to experience today, where you start to think to yourself, you know what? I feel like church needs to be a lot more than just a Christmas Eve moment in my life. I want to let you know that you're always welcome here with your hurts, with your habits, and with your hangups. Not just the prettiest parts of you, but the broken and the messy parts of you as well. And so I wanted you to hear from me on that personal note first. Let me pray for us and then we'll get started in our message. God, thank you for why we're here today. God, why we show up to celebrate a baby because we know it's a lot more than that. We know that you came to this earth, you took on flesh and only you could have done this, that you lived a perfect life so that one day you could offer up that very life so that our sins could be forgiven. And I know there may be some people in this room where it's like, man, they, they still don't get that, and they're not sure if they buy into that. God, I pray that today, something about today would allow them to move at least one step closer in your direction. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, what do you think of when you hear about the Christmas story? When you think of the Christmas story, is there an image that comes to mind? Is it the angels showing up to the shepherds in the field? Is it Mary looking down at her newborn baby son, or maybe it's a manger scene with some magi bringing gifts to Jesus. Believe it or not, over years, what's happened is the story of Christmas has kind of been tweaked and twisted a bit to kind of take on more of an image of a Hallmark card than it has what was actual reality of what was happening 2,000 years ago. Maybe a great place to start to use this as an example would be the manger scene. Now, a few things about this manger scene really quick that actually don't represent or depict the story that took place 2,000 years ago. First, it likely wasn't a wooden structure. 
Most scholars believe that the manger uh, would have been a a cave-like structure. Oftentimes they would build caves underneath their homes where the animals would go underneath and they would reside, especially when there was bad weather and things like that. So there really wasn't a wooden structure. The second thing that I would point out is the fact that there are animals around. Now, this is not that big of a deal, but the Bible actually never says if there's animals around, but in almost all of our nativity scenes, we put animals. But maybe the thing that's most worth noting is how we've uh, allowed the three magi to be a part of the nativity scene. Now, let me give you some things that you probably didn't know. When you read the scripture, specifically when you read the Christmas story, Uh, It never says there were three magi, uh, which also are known as wise men. It never says how many there are at all. So there could have been two, there could have been 12. But to take that a step further, another thing that scholars would say is, based on what was happening and how far the magi were away and some of the other events that were happening around the Christmas story, the magi were likely, most likely, not even a part of this scene at all. They would have arrived much later after Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus had left and gone to another Location. Now, you may be asking, Aaron, why, why are you going through all of this? Sometimes, the way that we picture things, the way that we think things are going to be is not how they turn out at all. I mean, let's just use the, this year, 2019. Is what you picture 2019 to be like, is what you thought it was going to be, is that how it turned out for you? Or maybe just this moment in time in your life, is this what you pictured? Is this where you pictured you would be. Maybe when it comes to your marriage or maybe your kids, is it what you pictured it would be? Maybe uh, what it's like to be a parent. One of the things that I saw, I've got four kids, and one of the things I saw the other day, I thought captured kind of the essence of those of us that have had like two or more kids really well was this meme right here. It says, first child, top of the line diaper bag filled with everything that he'll need until college, right? Some of you can identify. Second child, used diaper bag filled with enough basic essentials for the day Third child, plastic grocery bag filled with one diaper, a half-eaten cracker, and a flask. Yeah, that represents it, doesn't it? I heard a a therapist say once, we all owe our firstborn child an apology. And all the firstborn said, amen, right? Yeah, yeah, you know that. Guys, what I'd like to do for us today is to read a portion of the Christmas story. And specifically, what I want us to do is look at the life of Joseph. Because my man Joseph, he doesn't get enough airtime, if you ask me. Joseph had some big challenges in front of him, some big obstacles that he had to overcome. And my guess is what Joseph pictured when it came to this idea and this hope of marrying this young lady named Mary is not what his reality ended up being at all. And so if you have your Bibles with you, you can open them up and turn them to Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have your Bibles with you today, feel free to follow along on the screen. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, it's something you probably need to keep in mind. They're actually not fully married yet. Back in this time, in this context, uh, it would have been called a betrothal, and so they were in the process of becoming married. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. It's why we're gathering here this evening. 
When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, this is a really quick summation of the Christmas story, and you know what's missing here? A lot. (laughs) What we don't hear in this capture of the Christmas story is a lot of what Joseph would have been experiencing. Now, let, let me be clear about something really quick. Um, we believe the Bible is uh, God's word. It's a divine inspired word of God. It's authoritative, but we also know it's not exhaustive. In other words, it's not going to include every detail of every situation in every story, kind of like a family picture is. Let me use this as an example. Not too long ago, my family went and got our picture taken, and you may be looking at this, oh, sweet, look how sweet that is. I mean, the pastor's family, and if you didn't know us very well, you may be, oh, look how perfect they are, but what you don't know is that there's a lot of chaos going on around here. When we got these pictures taken, it was freezing outside. And so in between pictures, our kids are throwing on big, heavy jackets, and we'd be like, all right, take off your jacket, sit down and smile, smile right now, smile. And that's kind of how this moment was captured. But you don't see that, right? And this is often kind of what happens when there's just a snapshot. We don't really get the whole story of a picture. A lot of details are often left out. One of the things that I would like to suggest to you today is that we don't get to see the real struggle, the real struggle that is taking place in the life of Joseph. And so what I'd like to do is I want to set the scene for us a little bit differently. And to do that, I'm going to use parts of Luke's account, his gospel of the Christmas story, beginning when Gabriel shows up to visit Mary. And we know that when he shows up to visit Mary, he lets her know, hey, you're pregnant and you're going to conceive and give birth through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Luke lets us know that after this takes place, that Mary, uh, she, she gets excited and it says that she hastily runs off to go be with her cousin Elizabeth. Now, all of this is really important, so stay with me. And she gets to where Elizabeth is, and what we don't hear, what we can conclude potentially, most likely, is that Joseph is in the dark. Like, Mary goes to be with Elizabeth, but Joseph has no idea what has happened between her and God, that she's conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Luke tells us that she's with Elizabeth. Mary is with her cousin Elizabeth for three months, and then she comes home. So imagine Mary coming home, three months pregnant. She's showing a pretty good baby bump. Joseph seeing this and hearing this for the first time, and Mary's only excuse is, God did it. (laughs) God did this. I mean, this is kind of like Jerry Springer material, right? And so Joseph does what almost anybody would do in this situation, right? I mean, it's logical. He decides he's going to walk away until God shows up. Kind of one of those but God moments. Many of you have had them, haven't you? I have, where something was happening in my life. Nothing made sense. I didn't know where life was taking me but God. And then all of a sudden, I made a pivot in life and moved in a different direction, in a direction towards him versus in the direction that I wanted to go. So, so God shows up, and specifically he shows up by sending Joseph an angel that says, Joseph, listen, everything that Mary told you is true. Can I take a time out really quick? And could I suggest today that God wants to do something in your life? I really believe this. That God wants to do something in your life this year, 2020, this coming year. And it won't make sense. 
It won't be logical, especially to those around you. If you were to tell them, man, I feel like this is something that God wants me to do, it won't make sense to the people around you. And it may be something that causes you to depend on God in ways that you never have before. And for some of you, that may be difficult because if you're honest today, which I hope you will be, you've been leaning away from God versus leaning in his direction. And so maybe he'll get your attention today because I believe there's a breakthrough on the other end of you just making one step, pivoting and turning in his direction and pursuing him, maybe for the first time in your life. Because this story about Jesus and this story that we come and we celebrate every December 24th, it's not just a good idea. It's not just something that sounds good. It's not just something that we show up one day a year for because it makes us feel good about our life. No, it was a moment in history that radically changed the course of our lives. And my hope, my hope is that someone today that's been leaning away from God will pivot and begin to lean in his direction. Because maybe, maybe, it sounds crazy, I get it, it may sound crazy, but maybe there's a miracle in your life that you could miss out on this year. Because logic would say, no, 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 it doesn't make sense. About four and a half years ago, Emily and I took a step of faith and I took a 50% pay cut. We both left jobs that we loved, a church that we loved, a community that we loved, <clears throat> and a home that we loved. And we moved to a place that we didn't know, Colorado Springs. And we started Trace Church in our living room. About 20 people showed up the first time. And now look where we're at. Listen to me. If we chose to do what was easy, if we chose to do what was logical, or even what other people were saying we should or shouldn't do, we would have missed the miracle that is Trace Church. Was it easy? <laughs> Not by a long shot. Some of the things that we probably don't think about when it comes to the life of Joseph is how messy his life was after choosing to stay with Mary. Some things that you should probably know is that their marriage, it wasn't going to be blessed because she was pregnant before they actually you know, went through their entire year of betrothal. They would have been ostracized by family and friends, he probably would have struggled to find any kind of work, not to mention all of his boys, right? All of Joseph's homies who were like, you're buying this story, Joseph? Like, you're a bigger idiot than we thought you were. You really think that God is the one who made her pregnant? Guys, don't miss the reality. Listen to me. Don't miss the reality of the people and the real tension and the real brokenness of the people behind the pages. Yes, Joseph was able to experience and be a part of this miracle. I mean, he was going to become the stepdad of God, but it doesn't negate the messiness that revolved around this situation as well. And sometimes I think we do the Christmas story a disservice when we just kind of take a, hum, a hallmark version approach of it. Because I can assure you it was, there was a lot of brokenness that was happening around that. And doesn't this represent our lives? I mean, if you think about it, doesn't this represent most of our lives to a great extent? The way that I've described it before is oftentimes it's as if we're living in between two paths. On this path, we have things that are absolutely beautiful, but on this path, there are things that are broken. Over here, we have plenty, but over here, we, <clears throat> we have one. Over here, there's things that are getting us excited, but over here, we still have things that are causing us sorrow. Over here, accomplishment. Over here, failure. Over here, we have love. By over here, we have loss. Yes, this is a path that seems more beautiful, and this one seems more broken. But one of the things, listen to me, one of the things that I think that we can learn from the Christmas story is that God often does his best work 
in the path of our messy lives. One of the things that I love about God is that he's moved in my life despite my mess and that he's often even used my brokenness to bring about a blessing. I love what Jesus says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he says, my grace, guys, listen, my grace is all you need. My power will actually work best in your weakness. And then the apostle Paul speaks up and he says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Jesus can actually work through me in the midst, despite my brokenness. That's why I think Paul in that moment is kind of in in his own way of saying, yes, in the midst of my brokenness, I will still shout hallelujah. Guys, I promise you, there are things in Joseph's life, specifically in the messy parts of his life, where he learned about trust and faithfulness more than any other time of his life. These messy parts that kind of exist around something that we just refer to as the Christmas story, but this was his life. And so could I suggest today that God also wants to teach you something this year in the midst of your mess, not despite your mess, in the midst of your mess. But you know as well as I do, I'm talking to somebody here. You know as well as I do, you've been leaning more away from God than you have been leaning towards him. Maybe you've even disqualified yourself because of some of the decisions that you've made in life and those circumstances are still following you. I want to reassure you today. Listen to me. If you don't hear anything else that I say, I want you to hear this. You will never be a bigger sinner than Jesus is a Savior. Can I say it one more time? You will never be a bigger sinner than Jesus is a Savior. All you need to do today is just lean in his direction, and he will take your life. Listen to me. He will take your life, not just the pretty parts, Not just the pretty parts of your life, but the messy and the broken parts of your life. And he will do something beautiful. Because the Messiah, he actually came for your life and mine with a mission to love and a hope to leave no one behind. Yes, God left heaven, took on flesh, and came down because nothing would stand in the way of you being found. He re-entered this world in the most peculiar way. Our Messiah showed up in a manger filled with hay. From the, time he drew, from the time he drew breath, people wanted him dead, King Herod being the first to ask for his head. Now on Hallmark cards, it looks magical and sweet. All the animals and shepherds all put together, so neat. But the story of Christmas, it's not an Instagram post where we put things where we want them and how we like them the most. No, the story of Christmas is messy and broken, kind of like our lives, even though that part usually goes unspoken. So this Christmas, in the midst of your mess, your chaos and your strife, remember his grace, his peace, his love, and his life. Because before you were born, he said that he loved you. And despite our mess, he welcomes our broken hallelujah. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, we gather today because we believe this is more than a story. We gather here today because we believe John 3.16. That you so loved the world that you gave. That you sent Jesus on our behalf. And the way that you came into this world, God, if, if it doesn't blow us away, then we're not taking enough time to sit in it. Because you coming, God, the creator of the world, coming to this world in the form of a baby, 
And we know that's the way that it had to be because the only way that our sins could be forgiven is if there was ever going to be a perfect human sacrifice. And God, so you came into this, this earth, this world, to live that perfect life, to one day offer it up so that our sins could be forgiven and our brokenness even and the mess of our life could be redeemed. And so God, allow that to settle in the depths of our soul today and cause us to lean and take one more step in your direction. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.